The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Presented by Wingstop. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. It's Monday. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to the Captain Show. I better turn that down a little bit. It's a little loud. It's a little loud coming through. <laughs> I can't. I can't hear the, the music. Can you hear me? You want to hear? I thought you said it was loud. No, not your, not our music going on in my headphones. Oh. I'm talking about me. I'm turning me down, get my levels right. Hey, can we can go ahead and play the uh, because today is is basically Monday morning blitz. Okay, Monday morning blitz. We talk your talk, talk blitz. your talk, Captain. What? Talk your talk, Captain. I mean, it's Monday morning blitz. We got a we got a litmus test of stuff that we're going to talk about today. Um, I, I just want to I want to start this off before we got character at ten fifteen, of course. So stay tuned for that. I'm quite sure he's got a lot to say. But I gotta ask the black shirt this right out the gates. We played a prevent defense all day. Did you see it that way? And why did we get pressure on the quarterback? Oh well, um, I don't think we played a prevent defense. I think that Purdue. Offense was unorthodox. I mean, they had an unorthodox runner, first of all, but um, <laughs> it was it was kind of complex, you know. I, I, I it, it, they was they was doing different f- football. They was they was pitching opposite of of all the the, the where the where the strong side was. So it, it kind of caught them off guard, and and that's where speed plays a a, a role in. And um, I think they just one up us good, and we couldn't fight back. So, it it it, so, it, it, it wasn't. A, I mean, they they played okay. I mean, I'm not gonna give them say they was dumpster fire, but they they tried. You know, that's that's my main thing. They tried and 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 it just it it, it just didn't go our way on defense. Offense, it was great, you know, but defense, it didn't it didn't it it didn't go our way that game, you know. Yeah, I get it, Terrell. But 
if you're in the end zone, like, and it's first and goal, and your back is against the end zone, and you drop eight in the end zone, how's a guy get behind you in the end zone? Hey, it's, it's, it's pretty easy in the end zone. You got a lot of room. and Do you think that you can let a guy like O'Connell, who is probably going to be a top-round draft pick in the NFL draft, do you think you can let him sit back there and pick you apart? I mean, it, it's it, it's a lot to do with it. We was we was we're beat up right now, and 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 we didn't. I mean, and we and them guys haven't played together as a real unit yet. Every every week, it it, it kind of it throws a wrench in our in our in our program because now we got two linebackers that starts that's out. We got a DB I think that wasn't a hundred percent, but played like it. He wasn't. He 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 had a bad game. I wouldn't say bad, but I think that growing played a factor in it. Uh, we had we had just multiple opportunities to stop this team, and and we couldn't find the right third down package for it. And and, and that comes from blitzing and, and tackling. So you know we're back to we're back to square one again. Yeah, My, you know, uh, uh, Bob, can you do me a favor? And I thought I sent it, but I didn't do it. There's a if you do a, a Mike Jones, if you just put in who on Mike Jones, just put in Mike Jones. The the back, back then, then. yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, I got okay. I got. That's one of my favorite songs. Okay, so I just want, but the one I sent you is just the. And Terrell, you're gonna have to really add lib to this thing, but this is stats. This is stats. Oh, John's on the line. Yeah. (laughs) Before we do this, let's take John. All right. John, you're on the captain show. What say you? Hey, fellas. Good morning. Hey, I I agree with you guys. I thought our offense did some really good things, but we've got to find a way to run the ball better just to shorten the game. I mean, we're not going to win any games playing – 50 plays more defense than the other team did. And so those our guys are playing their butts off, and I love our coaches. They are coaching their butts off. But we got to find a way to be able to run the ball, and I don't know what the fix is with our offensive line. I know they are what they are at this point, but, I mean, that we were on the, our defense, we were on the field the whole, it seemed like the whole game long. And Trell's right. Johnny, I mean, on, we had Johnny, a lot. Hold up a minute, Johnny. Johnny, hold on. Let me ask you a question. How many times did we run the ball? I don't know, but it wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> we, we ran the ball twenty three times. Twenty three times. Well, well, listen. Take Casey Thompson out the equation, okay? Take Casey out the equation, okay? If you take because Casey's not, we can't call a run package for him. Okay, so right. as a matter of fact, he had a long of thirty-one, and he ended the game with negative one yard. <laughs> okay, so let's not even throw that into equation. Uh, I'm saying well, we that, ran the ball eighteen times, and Trey had the longest. You know, he he got all the. That's yards. my point. So, but you only ran it eighteen times, Purdue. Who is a passing team? They ran it fifty something times. They ran it forty seven. Yeah, yeah, you're in. That you're right. I mean, whatever. I don't care how many times we run it. We got to keep our defense off the field and our offense on the field. 
and it helps everybody. And I just, man, I, I just love the way our guys, the, the effort they're giving. But we've got to find a way to keep our defense on the sideline because that's the best defense we have. Well, you can't go, you can't get on the goal line first and goal from the four, first and goal from the four, and then throw the ball around the yard. And then third, third down, we get sacked. First down, we throw it to somebody that's not vocalist. Should have been running. Second down, we run and we get four yards. Third down, we throw it, we get sacked. How about we go back to our big set and we say, you know what? Regardless, because we can run time off the clock. Tick, 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 tick. But let me say one thing, though, VJ. This happening all over college football. I don't care. I don't care. The great teams are giving up points. That sounds very, very cliche. It's all because this is happening. I mean, it's not, it's not, that doesn't mean it's right. Because it's happening all over college football. Yeah, but I don't know if they should be uh, like this. Was obviously, if you look at the box score, it's a problem. They were coming from behind, though, so they're they weren't trying to shorten the game throughout most of that game, and and so I mean, it's it's interesting. I I more often than not believe in complimentary football, believe in helping your defense, um, but you know, I don't. I don't know what to do behind that offensive line, especially when you're down, and especially when Trey Palmer is going off like that. I'll take touchdowns if Nebraska and give my defense an opportunity, at least give them opportunities. If Nebraska don't don't score first, we don't win because we have to come back and back and back and back and back. And this time we ran out of time. Come on, man. Anyway, I, I listen, I'm ready for y'all today. I'm telling you right now, I hope y'all, because we watched the game three times already, okay, to break this thing down and to figure out what happened, what happened. I'm going to say it again. When you get an opportunity – we came up with three points because we wanted to throw the ball around the yard on first and goal from the four. Instead, we could have came away with seven, and if we were going to come away with three, who cares? You came away with three anyway. So why not put the big fella in the game? We've seen Yank get in the game early, score a touchdown, haven't seen him since. Go ahead. Chris, is, is John off the line and Chris is on the line? Chris, yep. what say you? You're on the captain's Hey, show. guys. Great show. But Casey's got to quit turning the ball over, man. The guy's a turnover machine. Um, what, he got 10 turnovers this year so far, eight interceptions. Um, and especially being that we hardly had the ball at all, only 16 minutes worth. Um, I mean, man, don't throw it to He was hitting the open guy all night long. Uh, just sometimes it was uh, black and gold. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and the guy in the end zone, he missed three passes. Uh, but, uh, God, he's got to quit killing us. I mean, if this was Adrian, we'd be all over him. Um, But, you know, Casey turns the ball over and over and over and over every game, and uh, and we don't say nothing. And that's a big issue. He's got to quit throwing the ball to the other team. And uh, and we got to get a running game. I mean, that's just uh, – I don't know why. We got these big, huge guys, but no one coaches. We picked the worst offensive line coach we could from the NFL for some reason. I think just to get his nephew in, um, that was just a bad decision. I mean, this dude doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, coaching the O-line, apparently, because these are some of the biggest, most talented guys in the Big Ten that we bring in to just bulldoze the other team. You know, Brett Bielema, you know, brings in five midgets off the streets of Champaign, Illinois, and they're dominating the, the Big Ten West. You know, we bring in these monsters uh, and, and can't do nothing with it. You know, I want Brett Bielema. 
We got to pay him. <laughs> There's a Brett Bielema fan. There you fan. go, Chris. <laughs> Get out of here. Brett Bielema fan. Huh? Pay Get him, out man. of here. I don't know about that one. I don't know if I'm buying that, Brett. Brett, Brett might not leave Illinois. They they might think he's the savior over there. Yeah. And then he that, had a loss already? No. They have one loss, yeah, but, but it, I mean, they're in the top 25. But he's a Wisconsin guy, too, though. about all of that. <laughs> and he was, yeah. Illinois ain't that good of a football team. Y'all stop it. This is two years. That's not it... a good, Purdue's not a good football uh, okay. team. We made them look good. We don't – there's nothing – we don't have any talent out there, man. What do you – what, are, what game are we looking at, man? We got players that don't even know the correct steps to take sometimes. Now, listen, I don't want to take anything away from what we did out there on the field and the job that Mickey and the boys did. I Shout out to them. But when there's some coaching things, I got to point out a 3-8 defense. I don't, I've never seen anything like that before. You got a guy that's going to pick you apart, play the character live. Let me bring character. Maybe he can he can add some stability to this conversation. Monday Blitz. The big fella's back for another Monday of Adam Character Live. Big fella, what's happening? Not too much. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I started with my meltdown, and then I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna gradually bring us back to all the positives. But give me your breakdown. Get right into it. What say you, Big Fella? Well, first of all, I appreciate you remembering me to remembering to call me this week. So I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I had to poke you a little bit. Oh man. Um, you know, the defense looked really good versus Indiana. Rutgers, obviously, a different type of offense, different type of quarterback, different type of team that we face, probably. I guess Illinois is in the conversation, but uh, probably the best team of the Big Ten West, or at least it looks like that at this moment in time. So, obviously, Purdue ran 101 plays. Had the ball for over 42 minutes, dominated time of possession. You know, part of that is, as we all know, due to the offense struggled a little bit in the first half, and in the second half when they were scoring, a lot of big plays. I don't think any offensive coach is going to say, hey, we don't want big plays to get tackled at the 20 so we can arrest the defense. They're going to want the ball in the end zone. So a little of that, a little bit of that is a catch-22. Um, the defense still did not play well, giving up over 600 yards. I mean, Purdue didn't even want to run the ball, you know, and they were running the ball on us very effectively. Obviously, they threw the ball pretty well. So the defense is areas to get better. We knew that um, offensively. The offensive line, you know, I was excited to see what Hunter Anthony could do, and here's how good he did not play. I was excited to see Bryce <laughs> Benhart back at right tackle at a certain point in the game because that's how ineffective Anthony was being. Uh, our left tackle didn't exactly set the world on fire either. Uh, in fact, there was one play I saw. Both the Purdue edge rushers beat our tackle so fast they just, it's like the hoop drill. If you've ever seen defensive linemen do that, boom, they end up running into each other because they're out of control. They got in the backfield by our linemen so fast. And it actually kind of looks funny. Luckily, Casey stepped up in the pocket on that particular play. Um, Trey Palmer's an absolute beast. Our offense can, can make big plays. Um, special teams. Who would have thought special teams is the strength of the team? Like, oh my, who would have predicted that? Uh, but they are. They're the strength of the team right now. 
So the defense is better, still got a long way to go. The offense is a big play offense, can't consistently do anything because the offensive line won't allow us to consistently do anything unless we get big plays. Special teams is the strength of the team at the moment. 38 first downs we gave up. What Defensively, or am I by myself by saying that that was a th- that three man front will never work against O'Connell. So every quarterback's a little bit different. Um, you know, obviously when you when you bring up Tom Brady and Peyton, you're talking about two of the goats ever. But I, I watched those Giants Super Bowls when they beat the Patriots twice, and you watch the Saints play the Buccaneers twice every year since Brady went down there. Those two teams are the two teams to only have consistent success against the Tom Brady-led, Brady-led team. Teams who gave Peyton Fitz were very similar on defense as to the Giants and the Saints are giving Brady Fitz, and that is if you blitz, um, they're going to dissect you like a surgeon. You have to be able to get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing. That's why Strahan and Omenura and Tucker and all those guys, you know, they got two more rings uh, after those Patriots Super Bowls and they ain't like Brady ain't got enough. But you watch the Saints every year, and every year they kind of—I know—I think the Bucks beat them this year finally in the regular season. But that might be the first time the Bucks have beaten the Saints in the regular season since Brady went down there. And the Saints defensive coordinator basically said out loud, "This is our game plan." I was shocked he actually said it out loud. Not that you know the Bucks coaches can't watch film and figure it out, but it's the same thing. You know, if you blitz him, he's going to eat you alive. So, but you watch Casey Thompson. I think Casey Thompson when he's when he's when he's not blitzed, I actually think he's a lot better. You know, um, when he is blitzed, he struggles. So he's kind of the opposite. My point is every quarterback is different. Part of that is he's not getting a lot of time as it is. But when he has pressure on him, he is a significantly different quarterback. He's always tough. Always tough as nails. But he doesn't play anywhere near as well. Whereas another quarterback might dissect the defense a little bit more. In fairness, he's dealing with a different O-line. My point is it depends on what you're facing. Um I have, we have gone into games with game plans where we were going to blitz the heck out of the quarterback. Uh, Michael Vick, number one, you had to try to contain him, and doing it with four D linemen is hard to do. So if you bring more blitzers with speed, it's harder to contain him, and he tended to struggle with reading the blitzes. But if you sat back, he hits you with the deep ball or he just take off. Um, you know, I remember when we played my retro freshman year, and I don't know why this game pops into my head. We were playing Michigan State. I think Smoker was their quarterback. They had this great – pass game. Solich had just been fired. Bellini was the interim coach. And we came in and we did a lot of four-man line, but one of the linemen would drop, so it ended up being a 3-8. Not all the time, but on appropriate downs. Uh, Third downs, passing situations, things of that nature. And I forget the exact score. 17-9, 17-10, something like that. We beat them. They struggled. So it depends on the quarterback. So when you talk about a 3-8, you look at a guy like Aiden O'Connell, he's a guy who's very accurate. He makes quick decisions. He gets the ball out. Um, I don't know how great we are in the back end as far as consistently covering people one-on-one. Um, I do not hate the game plan that they had when it came to uh, pass downs, obvious passing situations. I think it left us more susceptible on rundowns, which then set up the pass. That would be my biggest question mark. I would have done it. I would have picked my spots a little bit more often when I was going to 3-8, so to speak. I would have stopped the run first and made him pass and made it more predictable than I would have done it. Um, 
but that's kind of my long-winded thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm still not the. <laughs> I mean, three eight defense against a. I mean, first of all, they took what you gave them. You gave them the run; they took it. You gave it to them; they took it. And I just think that I I said it before the game: we needed to make them one dimensional in order to be be able to win, and we needed to hold them under their average in order to win. We didn't do either one of those things. And defensively, like, there's no way that I'm letting these guys who run slants all over the place. They're gonna beat you anyway. So why? Why let them have a free release off the line of scrimmage? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Uh, well, as far as the releases, that was, that was a different conversation to me, but I'm with you. I'm always a proponent from a defensive perspective of trying to make the offense predictable. Put them in obvious situations where you know what they're going to do. You know, I mean, I, I grew up watching the Orange Bowl versus Miami, the Fiesta Bowl versus Florida, and I'll never forget that Fiesta Bowl versus Florida. Uh, they made it. They, I don't want to say they gave Florida the pass, but they took away the run and forced the fun and gun to pass, which sounds counterproductive and really weird, uh, but it became so obvious what Florida was doing, even though they were really good at the fun and gun and Spurrier and passing, they couldn't do anything. I mean, Farley would know better than me. Uh, but I'm just, you know, I'm saying, I remember I've watched that game as a kid. I've watched it since, and I'm like, Florida couldn't run the ball at all. It became so obvious what they were doing, even though they were great at it when it's obvious. They're no longer great at it. So, anyways, T. Farley would know way more about that particular game than me, obviously. But that's always my thoughts. Make the offense predictable as much as you can. Make them one-dimensional as much as you can. 43 to 17 time of possession. 38 first downs to 15. 608 total yards to 476. 391 coming by way of the air. The other 217 come by way of the ground. I don't know about you, but you can't win a game that way. I don't care what you do. you got to find a way to get off the field. And if you throw the ball around the yard, you can have big stat numbers. But you're not going to win the game, and you're going to leave your defense hanging when you don't run the ball. Even like I said, on when we were first and goal from the four, first and goal from the four, even if we ran the ball and it took us four downs to score, we probably would have ran four or five minutes off the clock. You're helping your defense, but when you go out and you go three and out, and then you and then or and then you kick the field goal. Now instead of getting seven, changing the complexity of the game, you got three. Eh, not as much. Big fella, what did you think offensively? You, what did you see out of us offensively? Well, you're not going to get an argument out of me to run the ball more. I mean, I, I literally tweeted during the game, run the damn ball, with I don't know how yeah. many exclamation points. Um, you know, and, and a lot of fans were like, hey, there's no blocking up front. Uh, and they're not wrong in that. There's also no blocking in the pass protection. I think what you see is the big plays and everybody. We average 9.2 yards per play. Think about that. How do you average 9.2 yards per play and still lose? Well, everything we're talking about. 
that's almost a first down every time you snap the ball, you know, and then what did we run? So they ran 101 plays. We ran 52 plays and we had 37 points. That's what just under a like just under a point per play. You still lose, but that's what happens when I do first and goal. I mean, you got Yant, you know, I mean, for me, I would love to run the ball more often. And even if it's not working, it's kind of what I talked about earlier. It, it makes it so you're not one-dimensional. You're not predictable. Uh, you look at Purdue, and we've talked about this, but Purdue coming in barely averaged 100 rushing yards per game. Since the bye week, we were giving up 91 or average of rushing yards per game. By the way, pre-bye week, we were giving up 260. So think about that difference. And so if you can hold Purdue to under 100, it makes it more obvious what they're doing. Instead, Purdue runs for over 200. And it makes it a thousand times more difficult to defend them. So I would love, and it's interesting you bring up, you know, running the clock, helping your defense. When I was in D.C., you know, Robert, RG3 set the league on fire. And that going into that year, too, he went into Shanahan's office and he talked to me in the training room about it. Because at Baylor, they ran that hurry-up offense where they scored all the points. He won the Heisman doing it, and that's what he wanted to do in D.C. because we were running that read option at the time and all that stuff. And he, he went and talked to Shanahan about it. And Shanahan flat out said, no, that's not what's best for the team because it's going to leave our defense out to dry. He goes, this isn't the Big 12. This is the NFL. And obviously there he was he was mad afterwards, Robert was. Their, their relationship kind of didn't go very well after that. Uh, it really started with that conversation from my perspective. But it was funny because I agreed with Shanahan. And I understood what Robert was saying, but there's there's three aspects to this team to look at. And if your defense is playing well and you're controlling the clock and you're running the ball or at least in balance on offense, that I think that makes you a better team. Whereas if you know you're just trying to score as fast as you can, it might make you a better offense. But I don't know if that makes you a better team. Well, don't. This is what I looked at when I look at a three-eight defense. Don't give up the big play. Just give up a million little plays. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts. You know what? Go on and knock me out. I'm going to put my guys up there. I'm going to dare you, and I'm going to have at least seven people in the box. You are not running on me at all. Beat me in the pass game. Beat me in the pass game. But if you're not going to be aggressive on defense, that's what you're going to get, a long, drawn-out game where you get picked apart. I bet we only hit them uh, two or three times that I can remember. I don't know how many times we got to them, but it seemed like only two or three times we got to the quarterback. Well, it kind of reminded me of the first few games of the year. We didn't we didn't have any sacks, and it certainly wasn't a whole lot of pressure. You know, looking at Purdue, like I'm trying to put myself in Coach Bush's, and he's, he's done a really good job since he took over. Great but I'm job. trying to put myself in Coach Bush's shoes, um, game planning for Purdue. What I would see is, a really good receiving core, but nobody's gonna, that's going to take the top off the defense. So I'm not as scared about the deep ball. I'm going to see a team that doesn't want to run the ball unless you allow them to, and then they'll take it if, if you're just going to give it to them. And you got a quarterback who's probably not going to make a lot of mistakes. So for me, because a lot of times when you play what you could consider a bend but don't break defense, you're kind of like, all right, is this team undisciplined? Do they rely on the big play? If we make them make play after play after play, they'll eventually shoot themselves in the foot, hurt themselves, and maybe we can exploit that. Uh, that's not who Purdue is. They have too many fifth-year seniors, six-year seniors, and experienced quarterbacks 
they're not going to make a lot of mistakes and shoot themselves in the foot. So when you look at Purdue specifically, I probably would have been a little more aggressive. I can also see why he might have thought about the 3-8 and liked it, but I, I don't know how great we are on the back end to cover people consistently, but I also look at Purdue's receivers and I'm like, I don't see a Trey Palmer type guy. Like, let's make them beat us over the top first. And if they do that, then maybe we reconsider and cover ourselves on the, on the back end of the defense a little bit. But until they do that, they're not a team that's going to shoot themselves in the foot. They will consistently take what we give them. They will consistently move the ball. And they're not a big play type offense. Let's make, us, make them beat us over the top first. So I've seen uh, defenses where you're dropping eight guys into coverage work. You know, for me, that's better against the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady type, especially if they have a big playmaker receiver like a Marvin Harrison or the one year he had Randy Moss for the guys he's got down in Tampa now. But when I look at Purdue, I just don't see a ton of game breakers at those skilled positions. And that would have scared me less when I, when I would have thought about bringing pressure. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you, Terrell, and I want you to chime in, Terrell, and, and then character, you go after Terrell. But Caleb Tanner, Nelson, Dropping back, to, this is to me, and you, I, I want you guys' expertise. Them dropping back in the coverage was ineffective, if you ask me. And I thought that those guys play – they don't play well in space. So, Terrell, is, is that a good assessment, or is that am, – am I looking in clear blue? I, I don't know what I'm doing. But, I mean, is that a good assessment of that? Well, no, not really, because it's, it's, it's the defense you're looking at. And most likely, it's a it's a Viking defense. It's it, we did it with Christian Peters and and Grant Wistrom. Then it, it's really over Viking. It's a fire. It's a, it's a it's a zone blitz. But you take you're blitzing your linebackers and you're making your your DN or your tackle go and go into that drop zone. Not far, probably five to six, eight eight, probably ten yards. But at the same time, it, it, it tries to throw the offense off and the blocking off. So it, it's, it's certain plays you can run that on, like third downs. We did it against – we like I said, Adam mentioned earlier, we did it a lot against Florida in the championship game. We dropped, we dropped linemen instead of linebackers because we was blitzing in a zone, in a zone blitz. But you don't – but see, to, you don't have those guys nowhere on the football field now that we had back then. So it's hard to play that defense – and when I say three, I don't care what they show. I'm talking about what they actually blitz. Most of the times, they if they when they when we show five, and we drop Nelson into coverage, I'm saying he just looked like a fish out of water, and I want my best guy getting after the quarterback, Caleb Tanner. Same thing. There was a I don't know if you guys remember. It was a quick pitch. Caleb Tanner was playing the middle backer or the, the left outside backer at the time. He went with the, the fake of the guard and the tackle and went down. The play went left. He went right. I'm saying get those guys going. When he did when he did finally blitz, he got a hand on O'Connell. Let's right. do a better job of putting the guys that, that, that they know how to get after the quarterback. Let them get after the quarterback. It's too late now to put him at middle linebacker. That's too much of a difference from putting your hand down to standing up to playing middle linebacker. Too big of a difference. What say you, Adam, uh, on that situation of, did you think that Caleb and Nelson dropping back in coverage, did it look like they were fish out of water? Do you think that's something that was good for Nebraska defense? So, 
originally we were just talking about numbers. When you start talking about personnel individually, it can be a similar or it can be a, a different conversation. For me, I mean, I've played in defenses where I had to drop into the flat. Do I look like a guy who should typically be dropping into the flat? No, but I can do it, and I can keep contained. Uh, I had to take Adrian Peterson on a real a wheel route one time. You better believe I jammed the crap out of him because I wasn't going to give him the space. But, you know, there were defenses where I'd be stunting inside, somebody would be coming off my rear, somebody's outside and the backside ends dropping away. Then there'd be defenses where somebody would be coming the other way and I'd have to drop. Um, a lot of times, if you're going to drop a bigger body guy, you're probably going to drop him about five, six yards right in the middle to take those shallow crosses away. So if a team runs a bunch of shallow crosses and a bunch of crossing routes, it can be hard for man coverage. It can be easier in zone, but a lot of times those shallow crosses, they get right underneath the zone. You catch it for five yards. If they tackle you right away, you get six or seven. If they miss you, you're going to get more. So that's a lot of times what you do when you drop somebody else, uh, whether it be a D alignment or whatever. I don't mind because we have, you know, uh, I mean, Garrett's definitely got the, the, the biggest stat numbers right now. But O'Shawn can get after the quarterback a little bit. Garrett can. I believe Caleb Tan- Tanner can. we got to see more out of him. But I don't mind, hey, all of a sudden they all look like they're coming. Now Garrett comes, Caleb drops, you know, or this time O'Shawn's coming, Garrett drops, because then it makes it more effective when the individuals do come because the old linemen don't know who's coming, when they're coming, when their heads are on a swivel. You can overload one side and, and confuse guys as long as the other guy keeps contained. Uh, like maybe the end drops, but the D tackle, the away end drops from the blitz and the away tackle loops to contain, and then you can overload the side that you're blitzing. Um, there's different ways to do it. I'm not a fan of taking one guy, consistently bringing him all the time, and consistently dropping another guy if they're both good pass rushers. If one is considerably better, then I'm fine with it. But if they're supposed to all be pretty good, it's better to mix it up, keep everyone guessing. Um, as far as just how they looked dropping, it's not, it's not their strong suit. It's not what they're the best at. I guarantee they looked a thousand times better than I did. Um, I like mixing things up. I like trying to confuse people. Um, you know, for me, they might have done it a little too consistently with the same individuals. And so it became a little more predictable rather than mixing up who was dropping and who was coming, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You got a minute to stick around or you got a roll? Well, since you called me on time today, I suppose I can stick around. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's get some music. Terrell, throw it to break, man. You sound better than I do when you throw it to break when I'm in the (laughs) red room. What is this, Bach? Okay, yeah. All right, we have the ticket, 93.7. We have Adam Character online. And I'm with the Captain Bach in the black shirt. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.